listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I want to jump in today on this. I'm happy that Carolyn's on with me today. She agreed. She agreed. Against my will. Against her will. No. No, he's paying me the big bucks. <laughs> big, the big bucks. She gets the paycheck. Um, but we <laughs> want to deal with this because there's so many. I, I saw something. I think it was like yesterday or the day before online. I was watching or I was reading some articles and I was looking at, at the way that even people that are considering themselves to be Pentecostal uh, view things like this. And we're talking today, by the way, if you just logging on. We're, we're talking about faith declarations or making declarations of faith over your life, over your family, uh, that kind of thing. Because I'm noticing a trend that even Pentecostal people or people who claim to be Pentecostal are starting to kind of back away uh, from this thought process. And maybe it never was necessarily a Pentecostal thought process, but um, even charismatic people, people that were previously word of faith, are not really um, staying in the in the same strength of the the faith declaration when challenged on it. Thank you, Ben, for sowing a seed. We love you and Amy. Um, but it's interesting that a lot of these articles are coming out, especially now. And I think the big thing is because yeah. of coronavirus. Yeah. You know, there's so many people that are talking about confessing uh, protection over their life, confessing healing over their life, uh, and making these making these declarations of faith. And there are people, even within the Pentecostal and charismatic movement, that are pushing back and saying, well, that's not really something that you can do. It's not really something you can say. And trying to make scriptural arguments about, you know, making faith declarations. And of course, we know that our words are powerful. Our words carry power, uh, especially when we link them or align them with God's words. So, we thought we would take today, and we've had people ask about it, and there's people that have been inquisitive about, you know, making um, confessions or declarations of faith. And uh, so we're going to take today and kind of run through five things for you, five things from the Word of God that happen or that take place when you make faith declarations. And um, just a little plug here for my wife because I love her and I'm proud of her. Um, she has, oh, this is going, oh. uh, she's got a book coming out very soon. Uh, that, that's filled with faith declarations and faith confessions um, that you can speak over your life. And you're doing it in like a de devotional format? Yeah, because probably for about four months towards the end of last year and the beginning of this year, I just felt to start making declarations um, and posting them on social media every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And, you know... I wasn't at first thinking it was a big deal. I know the importance of it, and I just felt like it also encourages my faith. It lets me release what's inside of me, and I you know, was putting it out there. But the feedback that I got, knowing that people need to have this in front of them at all times, is I've got so many uh, women that were writing me saying, can you put this in book format? Can you do this? Can you do that? And so I got to thinking like, you know, yeah, I need to put that in there to be reminded. You can never, it never hurts to be reminded of the word right. of God, to say the word of God. You have to remember dead people can't speak. Right. 
And so we're not dead. We're full of life. And we have so much in this life to do until God comes back. And so we have life. We need to speak. Only dead people are are shut up. They don't have the ability to speak. Mm -hmm. But we do. And so I started this book and then it wasn't just copying and pasting uh, the declarations that I put out there to just have a book of declarations. I wanted to expound on it. So I took declarations and I lined up verses with it that we can say. And then I wrote about it. I gave um, stories from my own life, stuff happening, uh, you know, in marriage and kids. And, And it's really about everything. It's not just a book for moms. It's, it's a book for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. To get the importance of a confession. Everybody needs it. Every Christian needs to confess by faith and uh, and see God move in their life in that way. I just saw Pastor um, uh, Rambler who was commenting, which it's, it's blowing my mind, but um, I know exactly what he's talking about. He said, we're getting a lot of hate, especially from spirit-filled people. Uh, more from them than from non-believers. Uh, and it's, there's a lot of pushback. Hey, Zach. Um, and Chelsea said she's got the declarations on her fridge, recites them daily. <laughs> Ken and Allison have them posted everywhere around the house. Yeah, so Melinda that's what I'm saying. It it got to be like bigger than I thought when I first started doing it. Sure. I was doing a Facebook Live last week with a couple of pastors, um, and uh, I had happened to mention it on there because someone brought it up. And I didn't even know this other girl was like, I have them saved in a folder on my phone, and I say them all the time. You know, I want to get that book. So it's going to be coming out soon, and I am over halfway done with it. So I am writing every day. I know. It's <laughs> awesome. I can't, I'm looking forward to it coming out. We'll let you guys know when it is available, uh, when you can order it. And of course, there'll be a version for you guys on Apple Books and Kindle for digital copies um, as well. So it's going to be great, and we're going to get it in your hands as soon as we possibly can. Um, because this is such an important thing, you know, uh, Jesus taught about it. Paul taught about it. The old Testament teaches about it. And it's not just us making ourselves feel better. You know, when we speak these things, it has nothing to do with just making yourself feel better. There's actual things that take place when you confess the word, when you declare by faith, faith declarations, make things change. Yeah. And so we wanted to take today um, to go through five of the things that take place when you are confessing by faith and confessing the word to show you what happens in the unseen realm when you begin to do it and why you should do it on a daily basis all day long. And some of us need to start doing it more because of the fact maybe you grew up in a home and we'll deal with this, but maybe you grew up in a home where you were talked down to all the time, you were told you were stupid, that you were told that you were, weren't capable of anything successful uh, or good. And so those things get ingrained into you as a human being, and you've got to learn how to use the Word of God and declaring the Word of God to change the inward man uh, and to make yourself think differently, right. speak differently, act differently. Right. Uh, and, and that's how you do it, by confessions of the Word of God. So... We're going we're gonna to take time to cover that today. And by the way, uh, if you haven't taken a moment to share, please share because sharing is caring. <laughs> that always makes me laugh. Um, but that seriously. That kills out that root. No question. You and people have to, that root. And, you, and you know, you've heard for 25 years the wrong way. But your declarations, your confessions, it sets you up to have dominion and authority. 
Because no I question. know that once I started <laughs> saying them and, and got, I mean, not just now, I just mean like my whole life and learning the importance of declaration and, and confession, it sets you up for dominion. Your identity in Christ right. begins to be exposed <laughs> rather than the identity that was said over your whole life. No question. Absolutely. So we're going to start and take you into these. Um, take your Bible out. Listen, mark these verses down. Don't just read them. But those of you that are helping us in the comments, people are posting each point uh, and, and sticking with it. Listen, mark these verses down in your Bible. Listen, it's very important that you, and I love that quote from Pastor Bill Motley, what gets in your mouth gets in your future. That's exactly right. You can have what you say. You can have what you say. Um, one of the things that um, we talked about a couple of months ago was the fact that you are today standing in what you said and sowed yesterday. Today, I'm standing in what I said and sowed yesterday. If you don't like where you are, change what you're saying and what you're sowing. Every action is a seed. Everything you release from your life is a seed. And so if you don't like where you are currently, change what you're saying, yeah. change what you're sowing. And I like what Pastor Bill said. If it gets in your mouth, it'll get into your future. Yeah, that's what you used to say. And it was such a great, easy picture. I mean, you said this years and years. To, the, to and, my youth group. And years ago. But he used to say, you can talk your way in to a truck stop bathroom, or you can talk your way into the Ritz-Carlton. A suite at the Ritz-Carlton. As, as simple as it sounds, mm -hmm. it, it paints a picture on the canvas of your mind and it's a good reminder Absolutely. that what you're getting ready to say, what direction of that fork in the road is it taking me? That's right. Is it taking me to the trashy place or is it taking me to the place of luxury That's right. and peace and joy and relaxation? No question about it. So as we're going through these, I encourage you to do this. Highlight these scriptures in your Bible. And then here's an even extra step that you should take. Print these out in a list. Keep them with you. Maybe put them in a list on your phone. And then as you're going through, you're understanding why it is important for you. Keep it in front of your eyes. Why is it important for me to confess daily the word of God over my life? And so we're going to get into this. Those of you that are helping us in the comments section, put each point in so that those that come back and watch later can easily scroll through and understand what we're teaching in the scripture references and stuff. But the first thing we want to get into today is that when you speak the word or when you declare by faith, it allows you to align your words with God's words. That's yeah. number one. It allows you to align your words with God's words. And so that's important because God's word is different than anybody else's word. And uh, Carolyn has Isaiah chapter 55 and uh, verse 11 in, uh, in the New Living Translation. Read yep. that real quickly. And then I'll go on to, to Joshua. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. So you see that God through the prophet Isaiah speaking about his own word says that when my word goes out of my mouth, it always accomplishes what he sends it to do. Never comes back empty. Never comes back void. That's Isaiah chapter 55 and verse number 11. It always comes back having accomplished what he sent it out to do. It doesn't fail. Remember that. God's word never fails. Right. Never fails. I like Pastor Josh Van Hook. God's word in my mouth 
is just as powerful as his word in his own mouth. That's right. Exactly right. Isaiah 55, 11. And so look at that testimony. I sewed on, uh, on your, uh, live, live that you did the other day. And the very next day was handed a cash gift 10 times what I sewed. Praise God. Thank That's you, God's Pastor word in Rhonda. effect. He said, if you give, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will he cause men to give into your bosom? Right. And so there's God's word coming to pass in her life. She obeyed by action what God's word says to do and what took place. God's word did not and could not fail. It never fails. It always produces fruit. Yeah. It always accomplishes. It right. always performs. And so I want you to hear that today. Number one, when you align your words with God's words, guess what you're doing? You're putting unfailing words in your mouth. Think about that. I am putting unfailing words in my own mouth so that when I speak them, as Pastor Josh said, that when they go out of my mouth, they're just as powerful as if they went out of God's mouth. I am putting unfailing words in my own mouth by speaking and declaring the word. Listen to what God said to Joshua yeah. in uh, as he was getting ready to transition at, to be the leader over all of Israel. Listen to this. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Notice that, not from your mind, your mouth. It's powerful. And notice at this time, Joshua, at this time, the book of the law was all of the word of God that they had. That there was no other word of God. So he's telling them, put the word in your mouth and you shall meditate on it day and night so that you might be careful to do according to all that's written in it. For then will you make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. So what God was telling Joshua was, if you'll keep my word in your mouth, that yeah. means speaking it, speaking it, speaking it. He said, you'll be empowered to do it. Joshua chapter one and verse eight. Sorry about that. Joshua chapter one and verse eight. He said, if you'll speak it, then you'll, you'll be empowered to obey it. And then you'll make your way prosperous and have good success. Yeah. So one of the things that takes place when you put unfailing word in your mouth is that you propel yourself into prosperity and success without question. It's impossible to obey the mighty word of God and, and move into failure. It does not happen. It cannot happen. You cannot align your life with the mighty word of God and obey what's written in it and move into a future of failure. It is impossible because God, he said in his own word, Isaiah 48, 17, he said, I'm the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit and leads you in the way you should go. God never leads you into destruction. He leads you into victory and success. And so when you keep this word in your mouth and meditate on it and continue to obey it, guess what happens? You move into supernatural yeah. victory every Amen. time. Every time. I see my friend, uh, evangelist Ankit Rambabu's on. I love you. I just saw someone say hello. I didn't see him comment, but I love you, man. And so it's impossible to fail. Impossible to fail. It, it proves there in Joshua 1 as you're reading it, and I was thinking day and night that it's telling us non-stop mm -hmm. because, you know, God's getting ready to give them the promised land and he's right. bringing them into it. And it was like, you need to keep 
uh, nonstop implementing my word because I'm it. taking you into the and promises. And that's what we have to do. It's nonstop. It's day and night, mm-hmm. day and night, meditating, nonstopping, saying what the word of God says and hearing it and doing it and applying it. And it's bringing you in. So when you get there, mm-hmm. you're receiving, you know, what God's promised. No you're question. speaking it in advance and you're walking towards your words. Think of it that way. Yeah, it's like good. what you're saying is throwing out seed on the ground. And all you have to do is by speaking it and believing it is walking towards it. And mm-hmm. as you walk towards it, it has grown up. Great. Thank you, Lord, for that promise. You said that. Walk to the next seed that had went out in your future. Grab, grab it. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I'm reaping that. And then go on. So everything you say is throwing it into the future. And as you walk towards it, you can reap those words. Absolutely right. You know, you're you're in the place where you're walking into never-ending harvests because you're speaking never-ending seeds. If you're doing it day and night, day and night, it's not, you know, Christianity is not a part-time job. It's it's a lifestyle. It's not just something we do on Sunday and Wednesday night for an hour and a half. It's something that every single day, I don't care if I'm home in the middle of a Tuesday morning, I speak the word. We declare the word. We believe the word. It doesn't come out of our mouth because it's Tuesday, not Sunday. It Every day, it's just as important, no matter where you are or when you are. You speak it and you keep it in your spirit and in front of your face daily. Let your kids hear you speaking it. That's why we uh, are helping you with Miracle Word Kids, but we provided even the kids' confession that we do on a on a nightly basis, every single night, they repeat it with us. Now they're leading us in it. They know it so well that they lead it. The yeah. kids lead it. And I'm there's powerful. things they have felt to add yeah. at the bottom that yeah, they just we, feel too. We started with, I'm powerful, I'm wealthy, I'm wise, I'm mighty, I have honor, I have glory, I have blessings. Seven right. things. The things from Revelation 5.12. But now they've expanded it. We didn't expand it, they did. So now it's, I'm powerful, I'm wealthy, I'm wise, I'm mighty, I have honor, I have glory, I have blessing, I'm healthy, I'm thankful, I'm bold, I'm a leader. So they've even continued to add on to their own confession. And then every night, what do you thankful for? What are you thankful for? for? I mean, they, they start to not only speak their own confession. Now think about that. Kids that are not older than 10, the faith of God got so in them that they confessed those seven things for so long that they begin to then expand on their own confession. Think about that. They begin to expand on their own confession. The spirit of faith jumped up in kids that are six and 10 and three. Of course, my son didn't come up with them at three, but the girls did at six and 10. Think about it. It so uh, was blowing up in their heart that they begin to expand on their own confession. I'm not just those seven things. I'm healthy. I'm thankful. I'm bold. I'm a leader. I mean, you know, not mom and dad telling them to, oh, let's come up with a few. What, what else do you think? No. And I think they all take that last part very serious. Very seriously. I'm bold and I'm, I'm a bold leader. I'm bold and I'm a leader. <laughs> so think about that. You got three saying the same thing. And they're all vying for leadership in this house. Yeah. But think about the power of that. that well, it works. That's supernatural. That kids are so caught up yeah. in the spirit of faith that they begin to expand upon their own faith declaration confession. And you can do the same. That's why we provide that. We take things from the word and turn it into a confession. Why are we saying the first seven if you don't know? Because one of the things that we have instituted for Miracle Word Kids is what my wife said, Revelation 5.12, where John, the revelator, saw angels flying around the throne of God saying with a loud voice, 
Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Those seven things, we just make them our confession because Jesus died to give those things to us. And so it's our confession. Look at that. Britt said, we added, we're also the head and not the tail. We're above and never beneath. Yep, so you add your own. Yeah. You continue to expand your faith confession. What are you doing? You're aligning your words with God's unfailing words. And now unfailing words are coming out of your mouth every single day. Think about that. Every single day. And so number one, his words never come back to empty or void. Number two, causes prosperity. But read uh, Proverbs, if you would, because I know this is one of your favorite subjects in all of the Bible. But if you go with us to the book of Proverbs oh, chapter I'm four. I'm interested to see what you think my favorite subject is. <laughs> Proverbs <laughs> chapter four, verses 20 through 22. And uh, if you're there with us, look at this. What happens when you keep his word in your life and in your mouth? All right. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. That's it. So notice this. It's not just prosperity and success that takes place when you speak the word, but according to the writer of Proverbs here, you see that it's also life and health to your physical body. When you don't lose sight of what? His words. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, right now, if you have your Bible open, you're doing it. Circle this. Circle say. My child, pay attention to what I say. There's words right there. Listen carefully to what? My words. Circle that. These are things I've circled in my Bible because it just goes to show you how much speaking out is just in That's these right. three verses alone. So listen carefully to my words. Circle that. Don't lose sight of them. What? The words. Circle them. Let them, what? The words penetrate deep in your heart. Yeah. For they, what is they? Words bring mm -hmm. life to those who find them, words yeah. again, and healing to their whole body. That's right. So look in those three verses. I have them circled from years ago when I saw that verse and understood that it had to do with speaking. Mm -hmm. Speak it out of your mouth. The devil wants you to be quiet. That's, That's why right. John 10, 10, I come to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to kill you. He wants to kill you spiritually. He wants to kill you physically. That's like it. I said at the beginning, you can't speak if you're dead. That's it. You can't speak if you're dead spiritually, and you can't obviously speak if you're dead physically. Mm -hmm. Don't let him kill you. That's right. You know, you said that, and I think that's such a powerful thought. People need to re realize that. The devil wants you to stay quiet. He does. He wants you to stay quiet. I put something on Instagram years ago. I can still remember the graphic I made. But one of the things that uh, that I, I put up that I'll never forget is, is this. The devil's greatest act of violence is tricking you into silence. Because he has yeah. no power over your life. You have power over him. But the way you exercise that power is by the authority of your words. Right. And so the devil's greatest act of violence is tricking you into silence. I want you to put that in the in the comment section. Those of you that are watching, the devil's greatest act of violence is tricking me into silence, thinking that I shouldn't be talking like this and I shouldn't be confessing like this and who am I to start declaring by faith like this? And he'll work on your mind like that. 
He'll try to make you feel like, well, who do you think you are talking like that and, and being all Mr. Faith, Mrs. Faith confession and look at where you've come from and look at your life from the past. And you, you really sound stupid when you talk like that. And you really sound unintelligent when you start confessing like that. You don't understand science. I mean, they'll say anything, anything possible to get you to shut up. But the devil's greatest act of violence is tricking you into silence. I refuse to stay quiet about my health, about my mind, about my finances, about my family, about my purpose. I refuse to stay silent because I know that when I speak words of faith, they have to come to pass because yeah. God's word never fails. It never fails. Yeah. And so I refuse to stay silent. Yeah. Uh, Tammy, in this instance, the they and them, you wouldn't replace them with your name because it's talking about words. His it's words. It's talking about his words. Thank you, AJ. So, and you would actually take that at for for what it says. You wouldn't be replacing your name with they or them because it's not talking about a person there. It's actually talking about your confession. Talking about his the words. words of uh, his words and you confessing them. Right. And so you understand there that Jesus said this and kind of... Um, reiterated this in the New Testament. If you look at the gospel of John chapter six and verse 63, he said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit yeah. and they are life. life in the same way that it says it in Proverbs, they're life to all those that find them. Jesus said the same, the words that I give unto you or that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So just put those together. They are spiritual life. Because they're not just natural life, they're spiritual life. And Jesus reiterated this knowing that this word that we speak, it is God, the God kind of life. Um, before you go to number two, if you, if you also count in verse 23 there, because we talked about at the beginning, your confession pulling you into where you want to be. If you go to 23... Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course right. of your life. And we're going to come back to that one too. Because... Oh, you have that down? Oh, yeah. We're going to come back to that oh, on this next one. I didn't know that. You can transition right into it. Go All ahead and read right. it. Well, you want to know where you're going to end up. Guard your heart. That's true. Because <laughs> the abundance of the heart. We, could, we I've quoted that since I was a little kid. And lots of times I recommend as an adult, you think, oh, I've, I know this verse. I've said it in uh, Sunday school class when I was little. I heard mm -hmm. my parents teach it to me. I've read it a hundred times. But you got to really get wisdom and revelation on it. And it goes sure. to show you can tie this in now with this verse saying, out of the abundance of my heart, the right. mouth speaks. Right. So in order for us to speak right, we have to guard our, our heart. No question. Guarding our heart leads us down the course of our life and determines where we end up. There is a specific path yeah. that God has for us. We're not just floating around this life like fish. Mm -hmm. Life give it, gives us lemons. We make lemonade. We just enjoy it. And we're just going to go down any avenue and hope that it works out. There actually is a specific path that God has for us that he's called us to go down. The yeah. righteous man's steps are ordered. Yeah. We are in right standing with God. There is a specific path that he leads us and guides us down that we are to do. And sometimes, you know, we get off that path and we're like, that's when you feel like you're a fish out of water. But then you got to right. remember, what did I confess? What did I say? What did I leak out of my heart to get me down to this wrong path? Yeah, that's exactly it. So you see here in the uh, in the ESV, keep your heart or guard your heart 
with all vigilance. Why? For from it flow the springs of life. From it flow the springs of life. So everything is coming out of your heart. Think about this. With all vigilance. One translation says above all else. Above all else. Now when the writer of Proverbs is telling you to do something, the whole book is things we should be doing. The whole book of Proverbs is written to keep us in success and understanding. So when the writer says above all else, Proverbs is already the highest wisdom. But then he said at the top of the top, at the peak of the peak of the mountain, above all else, guard your heart. For from your heart flow the issues, one translation says, or the springs, the issues of life. So what I want you to see in this passage, and of course, Carolyn brought it up in Matthew chapter 12, where Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So what you believe to be true, sometimes Proverbs repeats multiple, the same scripture multiple times, Kristen, because of that, the importance of the word that's being said. The scripture that we just quoted was Proverbs 4.23, Denise. Out you of your heart. You can't get enough of Proverbs. It needs to be repeated. Out of your heart. <laughs> Book of wisdom, y'all. <laughs> and then you go to Matthew chapter 12, and that's where Jesus said and spoke, out of the abundance of the heart. That's Matthew chapter 12 and verse 34. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. And so remember this. It's like, and by the way, if you're going with number two, the second thing that happens when you make declarations of faith to it changes your mindset about yourself. You need to put that in. Number one, you align your words with God's words. But number two, it changes your mindset about yourself. Very, very important. That's extremely important. And we kind of addressed that a little bit at the beginning because many people watching might have grown up in homes where they were um, you know, talked down to and uh, they were really abused verbally. I agree, red and white. Um, abused verbally, you know, made to feel like they are stupid, like they're never, like they'll never be successful. They Ugly. couldn't be successful. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> and what happens? People develop a, a, an inward insecurity that they live their entire life with, because of in their formative years the seeds that yeah. were sown into them, the seeds that were sown into them. It's a horrible horrible thing to have those kinds of seeds sown into your life as a person and to think that, uh, you know, you're nothing because of how you were spoken to, how you were treated. No one should ever be made to feel like that. It destroys your future. Why? It actually changes the actions you will take in your own personal life. You know what? If you're told you're nothing, if you're spoken to like you're nothing, you will actually take actions like you are nothing. Yeah. If somebody tells you you're stupid and you should never expect success because you're dumb and all that stuff, it will create an expectation in your life. Sure. You have no reason to go after stuff. It'll Yeah, it'll create. Look at Julie's, people are saying, it's, it's what happened to me. It's what happened to me. If that's how you're treated and spoken to, then you will have expectations of nothing in your life. Right. You'll have expectations as though you are, you know, some sort of a fool and that you should only expect failure. That's not God's plan for your life. That is not God's plan for your life. God's plan for your life is that you walk 
AJ posted it earlier that you walk in never-ending success. What does the Bible say? It says that the path of the just is a shining light that shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day. So you, you understand what ends up happening is that your path continues to increase. That's God's plan for you. Not that you go into failure, go into, you know, that's not God's plan, but people will make you feel through the flesh right. like you're a nothing, like you're a failure. What you've got to do, this is so important that we're, we're, we're harping on this one because it's happened to so many people. What you've got to do as a believer is use the word of God and confess the word of God to reprogram the inner man. You've got to reprogram this inner man because the Bible says out of your heart flow the issues of life. So if your heart is filled with thoughts that you are a failure, that you are a nothing, what will flow out? Actions of a person who believes they're a failure and that they're a nothing and insecurity. What will come out of your mind? Thoughts right. of, well, you know, you'll let me go further. You'll let people treat you as an adult like you're nothing. It actually strips away your self-dignity because you grew up with that kind of an environment. And as a Christian, you have to reprogram the inner man to know I'm not worthless, I'm priceless. Think about that. I'm not worthless, I am priceless. And I'll show you. Let me give that quick analogy about returning a product to TJ Maxx. If you <laughs> if you were to go, let me let me give you just in case you doubted whether or not you have value. Let me explain to you, you from the word of God. You just made everyone sad because it's been closed for a month. I know. Oh, TJ Maxx. If me... only I could return something right now, <laughs> just to walk in. If you went in to TJ Maxx <laughs> and you found a shirt that you like, and you and you see that shirt, you buy it. You paid $30 for it and you check out, they give you the receipt and you go home. Two days later, you decide you don't want the shirt. So you take the shirt with you back to TJ Maxx and you say, hey, I'm returning this shirt, customer service. And they say, all right, do you, what is the first thing they ask you? Do you have the receipt? That's the first thing they ask you. Because what's another name for a receipt? Proof of purchase. Do you have proof of purchase? That's what a receipt is. You say, well, no, I don't. I, I lost the receipt, but here's the shirt. still has your tags on it. And here's what they'll say to you. Imagine this scenario. Well, I see that it's from the store. Here's the problem. The shirt went on sale yesterday. So now the shirt is only worth $15 because we're selling it on sale for $15. And if you don't have the receipt, we can only give you $15 back for the shirt unless you can prove that you paid 30. So here's the problem. As you're standing at the customer service counter, you and the customer service agent are debating about what? The value of the shirt. Why can you debate? Why is there a debate? Because there's no proof of purchase. But if you walk in with the receipt, there can be no debate about the value of the shirt because you can show the proof of purchase. What you paid for the shirt determines the value of the shirt. Do you see this? Because, for example, 
You may have also seen at TJ Maxx on the tag, it'll say like our price, $30 compared to $55.99. Okay, well, who knows where they're selling it for $55.99, but they're saying there's a store somewhere that's selling the same shirt for $55.99. If you go into that store, it's the same shirt, but you're going to pay $55.99. Why? Because the value that's put into something, it doesn't make the shirt any different. The shirt's the same shirt. But what changes it? The value of what you put into buying it. And so understand something. It is the value of the purchase that determines the value of the item. And when the devil tells you you are worthless, remember something. We have the receipt of how much was paid for us. We might have been worthless, but the value that we have is not based on our flesh and blood. Our value is based upon the what was paid for us. And it was the priceless, sinless blood of Jesus Christ that was paid to purchase you. Yeah. So now the value of you is based upon what was paid for you, not based upon what you are in and of yourself. My flesh and my blood don't determine my value. The Bible says we have this treasure hidden inside of earthen vessels. What is the treasure? It is the power of God or it is the Holy Ghost in our physical body. Think about this. My value is not based on me personally. It's based on the treasure in me. I heard uh, Pastor Jensen Franklin make this analogy one time. He said, you know, when you order a pizza, he said, and the pizza comes to your house, you don't care anything about the box. The box is nothing. It probably only costs Papa John's, uh, you know, a, a one cent or less to print each box <laughs> for, to hold their pizzas. And, and after you eat the pizza, nobody frames the box and puts it up on the wall. So that was the time we ordered a Papa John's pizza. No, they throw the box away. The box is meaningless. It's no, it has no value. But what gives the box value? Try ordering a pizza, and when it comes to your house, the dude is standing on the porch holding your actual pizza in his filthy hand. Got your pizza here. Here, You're like, I'm not eating that. I'm not taking that pizza. Why? Because where's the box? Well, the box doesn't have value until the thing that's in it gives it value. And when they put the pizza in the box, it's the pizza that gives the box value. You care about it when it's not there and somebody that's holding it in their bare hands trying to give it to you. Right. The box is protecting the thing you paid for. And so understand, all this flesh is, is a container for the true value of the Holy Ghost, the presence of God that's on the inside of us. Remember this, your value is never based on your flesh, it's based on your spirit. And so... Don't ever let anybody tell you as a Holy Ghost filled believer that you're worthless or that you're a failure. That's none of that is true. It's all a lie. And you've got to reprogram the inner man. Why? Because the book of Proverbs says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So is he. You will be what you think you are. Or the one way we say it, you'll experience the reality of what you believe to be true. 
That's a, that was the main reason why we just celebrated this entire weekend. Yeah. Was for everything that he just gave a perfect analogy for. To understand your identity in Christ. Because a lot of times, you know, this sounds harsh, but you have to think harsh to really under, you know, sometimes understand the word of God. It's got to be harsh, black, and white for you to get it, okay? It can't always be wrapped in a bow and delivered, you know, with butterflies when you open the package. But when you reject everything he just told you that you get when Jesus died on the cross, it's like slapping him in the face, saying, thanks, but no thanks. I'd rather keep my, you know, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, I'd rather keep my uh, in insecurities and, and feeling this way and woe is me. No, rise up in your identity in Christ. That's it. Get everything he has for you because when you line your identity up with what the word of God says, your confession can become proper. That's right. Your confession will become right because it does matter what you say. We can confess yeah. the wrong thing. We can confess wrong doctrine. We can confess things that go against the word of God. Right. So you have to get your identity in Christ, what mm -hmm. he just taught on, and understand. When you were thinking that, I was thought of this verse came up to me was Second uh, Corinthians 10, uh, 5. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. We have to take our thoughts captive. We have to take those things that have been said to us all those years or anything we've heard and teach them to obey Christ. I love because that Because when you think things that are opposite of what God had died for you for, what opposite that the word of God says, they are rebellious. They're not listening and they're being defiant. And right. so you are responsible to take authority and teach them to obey Christ. I'm not going to let this come out of my mouth. I'm not going to think it. It's from the devil. He's a liar. The word of God says in red print that he's the father of lies. If he's the father of lies and we know that, don't be tricked by him. Right. You know what I mean? Don't let him win. Don't let him uh, pull the, the blinders over your eyes and, and get you. He, if anything comes up that I feel a check in my spirit or is against the word of God, or there's there's sometimes you don't know everything. So you're like, I hear something, not quite sure, is it right? Go and seek it out like a student does yeah. and see what the word of God says. Because yeah. he, you know, we like to mention uh, like three things he died for on the cross. We kind of get into that. But there is a massive list and it falls under, and there's an umbrella of it, and then there's lots of little things that fall under that umbrella that he died for you, so you can live a certain way on this earth. Absolutely. Victorious. Like Isaiah daily. said, the wells of your salvation. Yes. Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 3, with joy you will draw water from the wells of your salvation. Yes, Nick, 2 Corinthians 10.5. There, there are wells in your salvation in which you draw the blessings of salvation out. And so it's so important because here's what takes place. As maybe you're one of those people watching, you had an upbringing like that. Maybe you had a, a, a group that talked down to you. Maybe your parents did. Maybe your family did. Maybe your friends did. And you've had this uh, thing that's been built up in you where you have an inward belief about yourself that is negative. You have to daily make that change by speaking the word of God over yourself. Which, which I'm going to show you here in this next point, number three, 
which is when you speak or declare by faith. Number three, you activate your spirit of faith. Yeah. You activate your spirit of faith. So what, what am I talking about? Well, think about how this works. Think about how you don't even need, uh, you know, I'm not saying you don't need a pastor. You need a pastor. Uh, the Bible teaches us that. We need to attend church and be and assemble as believers. But you don't have to wait for your pastor to build your faith. You can build your own faith on a daily basis. You can literally build your own faith on a daily basis. The Bible says, and this is number three, when you de declare by faith, you are activating your spirit of faith. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You catch that? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17. So anytime, morning Rodney, anytime you hear the word of God, it is building your faith. So think of it this way. As we're talking about confessing the word of God, declaring the word of God, as you confess and declare God's word, guess what's going to take place? You're going to be building your own faith by confessing and declaring God's word. Do you realize that if I just sat here and read the Bible out loud so that I heard it, I'm building my own faith because I'm hearing the word of God. I don't have to wait. I can put my earbuds in and I can turn on the Bible app and turn on the thing that reads it to me. I can go take a walk for an hour. And I, as I'm walking for an hour and the word of God's just playing, guess what's happened? That's an hour of faith being built in my heart. I don't have to wait for Sunday morning. I don't have to wait for Wednesday night. I can build my faith on a daily basis. And one of the ways, as we're talking about, you have to reprogram the inner man. One of the things that you can do to reprogram that inward man that was talked down to your whole life and made to feel like, feel like you were nothing your whole life, you can confess the word of God over yourself and over your life and over your mind. And listen, as you're hearing it, it's building your faith. It's changing your belief system. It's changing. When you start to declare that I have the mind of Christ, and then you quote the verse of scripture that says you do. And we, th I thank you, Lord, that your word declares that I come behind in no gift as I'm waiting for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, that I abound in every spiritual gift. I thank you, Lord, that your word declares in Ephesians chapter one and verse three, that I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. I thank you, Lord, that every gift that there ever was that came from heaven is already mine. It's not going to be mine. It is mine. It's dwelling on the inside of me because the Holy Spirit fills my body. I thank you, Lord, that my physical body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. He lives in me, dwells, dwells in me, makes his abode in me. I thank you, Lord, that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me and quickens my physical body. I thank you that life-giving energy and force of the Holy Spirit flows through my body today, is making all of my organs whole, is cleaning my blood and blood cells, my bones are being strengthened, tumors are being destroyed, cancer cells are dying, whatever. You just confess what God's word says. That is not just you speaking, it is you building up your faith because you're speaking the word of God and you're hearing yourself speak it and it's filling you with faith and it's driving out doubt and it's driving out unbelief, and it's building your spirit of faith.
and you do these confessions like this, he doesn't feel bad or feel sick no. or feel anything that he said. He says it now because when there is something that's happening, for instance, perfect example, the world's in crisis mode right now and COVID-19, but because of things said like this, we're relaxed. We of know course. we're never going to get it. We have the blood on the door. You can speak differently when, when all hell is breaking loose around you. Because you spoke and said that confession before, you don't go into crisis mode. It's just like just like everyday conversation. You just are in peace at it and you say it. And what you said before, you say then. Because when people don't say things like this, when everything's feeling good and everything's fine, yeah. and fine in their family, they end up saying it during the crisis. Unfortunately, right. what they're saying, though, lots of times is still fear um fear induced confessions of faith you know right. what i mean like no it's not it, it they think it's faith but really in their heart in their spirit they're nervous they're they're like i you know i i don't know what i'm saying i'm just gonna say it this way but no. there's still fear pushed behind their confession yeah but say it now when nothing's going on, I don't yeah. have to, I, I constantly say, thank you, Lord, I'm healed. Everything he said, you know, we say in our household, our kids say, and they're not going through anything. Yeah. I'm not sick in my body. I feel absolutely fine today. I'm perfectly healed and, and healthy and happy. You know what I mean? Nothing's wrong. Right. But we say it anyway, yeah. because we're speaking it for the world is, is, is going to be in crisis. That's just the world. The Bible says we are in the world. We're not of it. We're not supposed to look like them. We're not supposed to sound like them. Right. We're not supposed to say the same thing. So say it now. So your confession later isn't um, fear motivated right. when you're saying it. You don't start saving for retirement on the first day of retirement. I mean, think about it. Sure. You don't start saving for retirement on the first day of retirement. You start saving years and years and years before. In the same way, I don't start confessing and declaring when the attack comes. That's the wrong time to start confessing and believing and declaring. I've confessed, believed, and declared it far long before any attack ever came. Long before. That's why I can sit here and she can sit here. And I'm not, I'm not running around trying to, you know, find, you know, uh, you know, three masks and, uh, you know, box of, of surgical gloves and, you know, freaking out, you know, every people freak out, Christians freak out and people freaking out like, Oh my God, people start praying in speed tongues and going on. Oh my God, that's good. We need a miracle right now in Jesus name. Where's my, and she, like she's talking about, it's based on fear, not faith. Yeah. I cannot, I cannot be defeated. I cannot be defeated. I cannot be destroyed. Cancer has no place in my body. COVID has no place in my body. People it who are saying confessions confessions are not rocking back and forth in a chair. Yeah, freaking out. You under, you understand. The only chair they're rocking in is the lounge chair with lemonade in their hand. <laughs> it, 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 you understand what we're no, saying? They're nervous, Rock. <laughs> you know, Lord, protect my home, protect my kids. I will never see black. It's yeah. like, no, that's not faith. <laughs> I'm just I'm just messing around, Billy. Like people get in there like they're you know porky pig. You know they get in there like they got a you know, more more of a crisis. The faster people feel like they got to pray. It's like just chill out. It's not a spirit of faith. You're in fear. You know because you got into you got into crisis mode and you feel like oh now I got to really make up for lost time. You're freaking out in fear. That's not faith. Yeah. You're not faith. I declare these things on a daily basis and expect them to be my reality, my story. I expect them to be my reality, my story. Who does the devil think he's talking to? Who do you think you're talking to? You're going to put sickness on me? You don't even know who I am. Exactly. You don't even know who I am looking at me and trying to, thinking that you're going to come into my house 
and put sickness on my family or my body. You don't know who you're talking to. You don't know who I am, apparently. And you're going to find out quickly. It's like, the, like the, the demon spirit said in Acts chapter 19, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. But who are you? You can't be the but who are you people. The devil don't even know who you are. You have no spiritual authority in the unseen realm. That cannot be your story. The devil doesn't know who he's talking to. And so you have to de develop a dominant attitude in the supernatural realm and by faith declare the power of God. And you don't wait until you're in a crisis to do it. You do it daily and it becomes your normal way of living, your normal way of thriving. I don't just pray. Yeah. I don't just thank God for healing when I'm, you know, and a sickness tries to come, to come against my body. I thank God for it daily. One of the things God revealed to us, it's, it's just as powerful if God keeps you from all sickness and disease month after month as if he heals you from a sickness or disease. And, and you may have heard me talk about it, that we changed even the way that we pray. So now, even we just crossed over into April, I can stand and pray, thank you, Lord, that March came to an end. And I thank you, 31 more days of a year went by. No sickness touched my body. No disease touched my body. I thank you, Lord Jesus. No wicked thing touched my home in Jesus' name. Thank you for keeping me for all sickness, disease. You understand? So you begin to realize you can live at a place above the attack. And that's where your faith confession keeps you. In a place where you start to realize I'm seated far above these things in heavenly places. You know, it always cracks me up because people say, well, you know, if that's all true, then no Christians should ever get sick if that's really true. No, all these things are received by faith in the word. Not all, I mean, the Bible's even clear on this. People crack me up. The Bible's even clear on this. Not all Christians are at the same place of faith. Some people are weak in faith. The disciples got rebuked. It, when they couldn't even do what Jesus expected them to do. And he said, oh, ye of little faith, where is your faith? How is it that you have no faith? They shouldn't have been in that place because they heard every message he ever preached and faith comes by hearing. And the Bible says that even the disciples got rebuked for their low level of faith. Those were men that stood with Jesus on a daily basis and watched everything he did and heard everything he said. And notice, he expected their faith to be higher and rebuked them when it wasn't higher. Which and shows you... you know what? They're better for it. Well, because of course. When he went, because he went up to heaven, look what they did in his name. Look what they were able to do when the Holy Spirit came. Absolutely. So they were teachable. He rebuked them. They were teachable. So if you think... Like of you're course, listening, Karen. It, oh, I thought you were saying my name. Fine, Ted. <laughs> um, so when you are thinking, oh, my faith's not there, or, you know, you have every right to build your faith up, every right to get up there. That's right. You know, I, I got people have sneezed in my house and coughed in my house since we've been home in this quarantine life. You think I've chased them around with Lysol? Not one bit. I've been so ticked at what's been going on. <laughs> I have been cleaning my house, but I don't, I, I think I will shoot a can of Lysol if I see it. <laughs> and any of that Bath and Body Works, um, what is it? Hand sanitizer. Stuff. I could just know the motions because my kids squeeze it out. 
like tossed it because it so bothered my spirit and, and faith that fear was driven behind to sell a hand sanitizer for $50 <laughs> online and idiots bought it. Are you it's kidding true. me? Like it and then the guy got in trouble. Off. Then the guy got Spraying in trouble. people with life. What did he buy? $17,000 worth oh, of. Oh, dollars worth. Uh, yeah. $17,000 worth of uh, hand sanitizer and thought he was going to upcharge it and got in trouble. And got, now, got in big trouble. <laughs> who's the loser now? You're stuck with $17,000 worth big of hand problem. sanitizer. He's going to be the cleanest man in the world. That's true. But just because the world was operating in fear that way, oh, well, Carolyn, you're not using wisdom. You really do need to wash your hands and, and keep yourself you know, free from uh, diseases and germs and stuff. Everyone take a deep breath right now. I just sniffed in a million germs that are floating around in this air. Do you understand that? You have germs, little particles that are all in your house right now, everywhere. That's just the way it is. Your immune system is fine. So stop freaking out about this stuff. But just to prove, because it was irritating me so bad, yeah. just to prove it to the devil, I was not going to act like the rest of this world. Right. I wasn't hunting for food. I wasn't going to go fight people for toilet paper. I told him, I said, if the ravens have to bring me toilet paper and paper towels to our front door then so be it because the child of God is provided for we're not out there fighting and and standing in mass lines and and hoping we're gonna get our stuff and we got to get Lysol and spray everything I've gone to stores this entire time I haven't used one wipe every time I've grabbed a thing whether the guy wiped right. it or not because listen I'm gonna this is all I think about when I go to the store of John G Lake I right. either have the lightnings of God running through the palms of my hand to heal the sick and grab a shopping cart and not get COVID-19 or the flu right. or whatever else is supposed to be out there. <laughs> Either I have it or I don't. Exactly. So anyway, this is a passion topic for me. If you can tell that I start to be like, Ted, I'm going to talk on the edge of my seat and I'm going to shake my leg. <laughs> But no, seriously, you've got to rise up and be bold in your faith and yeah. bold in your confession. No question. And either it's going to work or it's not. Yeah. And it, like we said at the beginning, his word always comes back, produces fruit, and That's never right. fails. So I just proved to you it's going to work. Exactly. No, no question about it. You think about the fact, if even if you can't find toilet paper where you are, Barnes & Noble has plenty of unsold copies of Hillary Clinton's book, What Happened? <laughs> That's 500 pages of toilet paper for like $24.99. Brittany, you are like me. You have it. Because the Bible says those who hunger and thirst for it will be filled. That's right. And you have a hunger for it. You write me all the time. You have a desire. You have a passion for it. It bothers you the way things are right now. We've spoke about this. You have it. That's Don't right. think that you're less. You have it. Just yeah. like he said. Jesus said, little faith, great faith. It just goes to show you we can climb up the faith mountain. That's right. Climb up that ladder and get to where you want to go. There's yeah. no cap on our faith ever. That's right. We're never going to be uh, without. You're never going to stop learning until mm -hmm. the Lord comes back and gets us. You can build your faith constantly. Yeah. Like, I, like, you know, he gave that analogy. But when you talk about the analogy of getting something in your spirit for later, my simple one was apps on a phone you download not everything you download you're using every day at that moment right but you have it there for later to pull it out when you need it so even though we confess healing over our body daily 
all the time, even when we're not sick. If something tries to come upon our body, boom, pull it right out. We got that scripture, we got that confession, and it goes away. I like that thought of uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you think about whatever fills you is what's going to come out of you. Yeah. So think of it this way, as we're talking about in this third point, reprogramming the spirit and the mind uh, moving forward, it's that before you got into this, what filled you was what was given and said to you by others in your family, others that were around you. So when you got to a place where you were squeezed, what came out? Those words, thoughts of insecurity, all those things is what came out of you because it was what was filling you. But when you begin to change what's filling you, then it's it's the difference between saying something by force because you're choosing to say it from the word and then when you get into an instinctual situation where you're speaking by instinct, it used to be that when you spoke by instinct, you always spoke what was negative because that was what was in you. But the more you're speaking and forcing yourself to speak the word, this is now filling you. And the more you do this, then what ends up happening is when it's time to speak instinctively, this comes out of you. And that's how you're reprogramming it, is that you're now filling yourself with a new element. You're filling yourself with a new, uh, um, <laughs> I guess element is the best word, but it's like if you took a tube of, uh, uh, if you took a tube of toothpaste, doesn't matter what the, it doesn't matter what the label says on the outside it has nothing to do with it. If you removed all the toothpaste and filled it with grape jelly, it doesn't matter what the label says when you squeezed it expecting toothpaste to come out, grape jelly would come out because it's what filled the tube. You can be called Christian. That can be the label on you and still have the wrong things within you. You can have wrong thoughts within you, wrong belief systems within you and fill yourself with the wrong element so that when you're squeezed in a, in a situation that squeezes you, it doesn't matter that Christian is the label on your package. If you are squeezed and the wrong element is in you, the wrong thing will come out. Yeah. That's why you have to fill yourself with the right element and the right substance. There's the word I was looking for. Got it. Nailed it. Um, Karen, it's not, I don't, if you want to, I don't know if you can, how you can scroll, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Karen, it's not just declaring the word why Christians are sick. Christians are always going to be sick and there's always going to be non-Christians that are sick, but you can declare the word also till you're blue in the face. I know lots of people that can quote the Bible and don't live out the way the Bible says you're supposed to live. I know lots of people that can, anyone can memorize anything, but when you say it, you it's it. your faith that grabs hold of it yeah. and believes it. It says, it's not just saying the word. There's lots of Christians sick because they don't believe the word that's, that's true. said. That's, a, that's absolutely true. And that's why I taught even in our new faith course that came out on the subject of faith isolation, because you can have faith to be saved and have no faith to be healed because of the scripture that we just taught a moment ago, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you've not been taught the revelation of divine healing, you don't have faith in that area to receive divine healing. I, I can, in, the, in the same way in Acts 19, those men didn't have faith to receive the Holy Spirit because they had never heard teaching or even that there was a Holy Spirit to receive. 
So Paul, by teaching them, preaching to them, and then bringing them into the kingdom, gave them the faith to receive that thing. But until he did, they didn't have the faith. So that's why it's so vital that you have faith in the areas that right. you want to receive. Yeah, because Karen, you can say Psalm 91 all you want. You can say no, no Carrie, nothing, nothing will come um, near my dwelling. You know, no disease can touch my body. But if instead of you're painting the blood on the door of your post and you're spraying Lysol instead of the blood, you can say Psalm 91 all day long. Mm -hmm. But if your actions are taking it from a fear-based, right. then then that's what you're going to get. Absolutely. So I could say it all day long. God's my healer. God's my protector. God's my provider. But if all my actions don't match up with what I'm saying, then it's not going to grab hold of my faith. My faith is not going to believe it. Let, let me make a, a, a little point here. Saying those things doesn't mean anything. You know, saying God's my healer, that doesn't mean anything. Anyone could say that. That's not what we're teaching today. We're not teaching you go around and say, God's my healer. That's not a faith confession. We're teaching you to confess the word of God. Yeah. God doesn't anoint phrases. He anoints his word. Yes. So we confess and quote the word. It's not me just going around saying, God's my provider. God's my provider. Because if I were to ask any person, well, what do you mean God's your provider? How do you know? What does that mean? How many people could open up the word and take you to a place where the Bible teaches that thing and say, the reason I believe that he's my provider is because the Bible says, in, it will go to Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I will not lack any good thing or I'll not want any good thing. You go to, um, you can say, well, God's my healer. Well, how do you know? What are you standing on? Well, 1 Peter 2, 24 tells me that by whose stripes we were healed. And you can go to scriptures regarding healing. That's what we're confessing. Right. That's what God honors. Say, Father, I thank you that your word declares that by your stripes, the Christ stripes, we were healed 2,000 years ago. And so I declare healing's not coming to me. Healing is already in me because I have access to the mighty blood of Jesus Christ that was shed 2,000 years ago. And because your word says that through those stripes he took upon his back, we received healing when he did it on the cross 2,000 years ago. And so today I declare that healing is mine as I've, you know, and you're actually making use of the word of God. Yeah. This is the thing that carries the power, not what someone says about this thing, this thing itself. Someone, someone's commentary on the word of God is not the word of God. You, you understand that somebody's commentary, what somebody says about the word is not God's word. God's word is God's word. And so what we're teaching you is not to make positive statements about God or positive statements about yourself. We're teaching you to find scripture that backs up what you're saying and say those things. Yeah. That's why when we give you prayer points, if you've downloaded the Miracle Word app and maybe downloaded our prayer points, we give you prayer points with the scriptures included because the prayer without the scripture is meaningless. God honors his word. He's exalted his word above his name, Psalm 138 and verse 2, and he's watching over his word to perform it, Jeremiah 1.12. Yeah. And so it's the word that carries power. We're confessing. We're Like we go back to point number one, we're saying what God is saying. We're saying what God is saying. And I know we've been, we've been on this for about an hour Faith and a half. Faith is an action. 
Because no obviously question. people need to hear this and be built up because like you said, people get into the routine of saying it and not believing what they say. That's right. Faith is an action. You say it, that activates your faith. Yes. It's like turning the, the car engine on that yeah. activates your faith and then your gas pedal is your right. action it makes it go yes so activate your faith by saying your confession yep make yourself go in the way of faith by taking hold of it and believing it that's right will you come back tomorrow and finish this teaching with us how much are you gonna pay me <laughs> so much so much you make my you? lunch for me? Of course I will. And a coffee. I'm just kidding. Would you guys like to come back with Carolyn tomorrow and me? I mean, I can't. I'm just going to yell at you. We could go time. for another no, hour on this. Kidding. But I no, think it would be good. good to do a part two because we have not even touched. We've not really fully fleshed out number three. And we've not even touched numbers four and five yet. So if it, you are if you want to come back it, for tomorrow and do it, the rest of this. Because it's so vitally important. It is. I mean, this, this teaching right here will make or break your Christian walk. And in, in it your will. life, it will, it literally will make it or break it. Yeah, absolutely. It will. It is the thing. And we'll get into this tomorrow. It is the thing that Jesus taught his disciples had to be in place for them to see their success in the ministry. Yes. It has to be in place. And too many Christians are struggling that shouldn't be struggling and remaining prayer projects for 20 years. Yeah. We are commanded to do certain things by God. What is it? Lay hands on the sick, see them recover. We're supposed to be praying for people. Absolutely. We can't pray for people if you're always the one being prayed for. That's right. Thank you, Zeke. If you're not getting authority over that in your own life, don't go join the prayer intercessory group at church and think you're going to have authority. Not Mm -hmm. sure where this is going, but it just felt like it. It's true. But I'm just saying... You know, it's coming up to me. Have authority to take it out in someone else's life. You got to hold those thoughts captive in your own. Has to work you got to have dominion in your own house, in your own life, and take authority over it and and see it work. And yeah. then your faith rises up, and you're bold. And then, like Brittany said, I want to be like you. You can. You can shove out all that stuff out of your house and not worry about it. My kids don't know anything what's going on. Right. Life is as normal for them. I mean, they play outside, they got their neighbor friends next door. I'm not telling them don't go near anybody or all this this stuff. That's ridiculous. My kids aren't going to get it. They know, they confess it. How silly would that be as a mother to have them do that confession every night Mm -hmm. and then twist their thoughts the next day? Yeah. Twist their ideas of it. Mm-hmm. It, it, no wonder Christians grow up to not believe or are super confused on this. Because if I'm up there telling my kids, they're mighty, they're healed, they're <laughs> leader, they're bold, they have glory, right. they walk, you know, in honor and all this stuff. But then the next day I'm like, well, be cautious, be careful. You never know. We can't do this. We can't do that. You yeah. know, and then they grow up confused and you wonder why they're confused. You gotta stick with it. And I wanna talk about that tomorrow when we come back about the difference between faith. I love you, Laura. And when wisdom, wisdom is actually fear in disguise. Part of what we'll get into tomorrow fear in disguise called wisdom. They're not the same. Godly wisdom is not the same as fear disguised as wisdom. And so for those that were asking, I saw people ask 10 30 a.m. Eastern Time. Tomorrow morning again, we're live every morning, Monday through Friday, 1030 
a.m. Eastern time. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow again. Aw, thanks, just, oh, Nicole. Nicole's very kind. Unless that's Brian. Then see, he says he's the one that's always commenting. So <laughs> I don't know why that is. Uh, but we're going to come. Ted, Ashley, I love you. We're going to come back everyone. in just a moment. I'm going to have Carolyn pray for you guys that are watching. A spirit of faith is coming upon this generation. I felt it. We went through 25 days back to back to back to back to back. All those spirit of faith sessions are available on the YouTube channel. But why did we do it? God said specifically, especially during this time of crisis, get on and pump people full of faith. And I felt, and I, many people lifted their hands in the comments when I asked the question, they could feel a change even in the atmosphere. The fear, the panic that was once just weeks before is not the same today. A spirit of faith is coming upon us and we're going higher than we've ever gone uh, in a spirit of faith. So in a moment, we're going to pray and ask God to give every one of us boldness to not only believe the word, but to strongly confess the word. And that's important because this will change your entire existence. It'll change everything. And so I want you, wherever you're watching, if you would, to bow your head. And if you're in a room with people, you're watching house party style, join hands with people. We're going to pray in just a moment. And I want you to receive this, a spirit of boldness, a spirit of faith, and a fresh impartation to do what God has called you to do. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for everyone that's watching today. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit of faith that comes through the speakers of everyone that's watching. I command it in the mighty name of Jesus. Fear has to run out the back door. It's not allowed in our life. Yes. Thank you, Lord, that a supernatural boldness comes on everyone that's watching, that's Amen. listening to my voice. I rebuke the enemy from sickness, from lies, from the traps of the enemy. We are are our children of God full of wisdom and revelation of yes. your word. Thank you, Lord, that you give us the next steps to miss the traps of the enemy. Yes, Thank you, Lord, for health and strength in our body, Jesus. for joy and peace in our family, that this is not a time to retreat, but to rise higher yes. in the knowledge of your word, Thank to you, rise Jesus. higher in the things of God, to be bold, to do what you've called us to do, Thank to you. not be fearful, but to lay hands on the sick, yes. to do what you've commanded. And by obeying your commands, we will be blessed for it. Jesus. Thank you, Lord, and your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Listen, for those of you that are watching, I know many people have already done it. We want to encourage you to sow a seed today. Those of you that are standing in faith and believing, I just wrote a letter that's going out to many of you in just a couple of days, but we're encouraging your faith. We're, sti we're sticking with the confession. What did we confess based on the word of God, even starting last year, 2020 is going to be our year of violent increase an expedited favor of God upon our lives. We've had so many testimonies coming back. We have had so many people that have said, listen, I just had one yesterday. I just got a notification from my boss. I'm getting a 5% raise across the annual, uh, annually. We've had people that have uh, written in. I love Pastor Rhonda's testimony from today. I just sowed to you a couple of nights ago and already had somebody put a cash gift in my hand 10 times more than what I sowed. This is a year yeah. of expedited favor, violent increase. How do you activate? Just like Pastor Rhonda said, you activate it by actions of faith. Yep. And as you're standing with Carolyn and me, as we're doing what the Lord's called us to do, you take great part in that. People don't realize it. Absolutely. You play a significant part 
in what God's doing around the world. It, it was exciting. I don't know if you saw us post online, we just got to go to Naples and we were in the Faith uh, Broadcasting Network studios, Naples, Florida. That went around the world to 80 plus million potential households that it aired in. Uh, in one, you, you think about that, in one moment, you touch 80 million homes around the world. Every nation in Africa, throughout the UK, the United States, and then via the app, the social media networks, so many testimonies of healing and deliverance came back in. It was mind-blowing to watch. They're just blowing up in the comments. As you prayed the prayer of faith, all symptoms left my body. All pain left my body. Arthritis yeah, left my body. if you missed it, go back and watch it. It's on My Faith TV on Facebook. We shared it on yep. our pages. You can and find so it's, it. And so it's powerful. It's around the world. These things are taking place. Power of God is moving without ever having to get on a plane, literally touching continents with the power of God. And then, of course, all we're doing, and you're a part of it. You see the things we play at the beginning of the broadcast to let you know that we're feeding the poor, blessing the poor, as Jesus said to do. You play a significant part in this ministry, and we love you, and we pray for you. I was just going through this morning, getting ready for this broadcast. I was going through my phone. I have all of your names, those of you that stand with us. I keep you in my phone and I go through and thank mm -hmm. God for you. Sometimes I shoot you a text uh, and tell you that I love you and I'm praying for you. We pray for you by name on a weekly basis because we believe in what God's using you to do, but we understand that you're connected with us. Thank you, Christy, that you're connected with us in covenant and we're praying for your family, praying for your business, your ministry, yeah. and God's going to bless you in a mighty way in 2020. So I want to encourage you, do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. In sowing seed, he always leads you and guides you. Do what he says to do. It's easy to do it. If you're on Facebook, Twitter, or Periscope, you can use, as you've seen others doing, the hashtag donate um, command in the comments, and you can sow directly from the comments section. Of course, PayPal's available, Cash App, Venmo, those informa that information's on the screen. And then, of course, the easiest way to sow a seed is to go to miracleword.com and sow a seed right there on the give page. Or one thing we've been praying for is that people would partner and stand with us on a monthly basis. And uh, as you see across the bottom of the screen, people's those are those are uh, people's names that are already partnering with us on a monthly basis. And um, it's a blessing. We love you. And many people are partnering at $85 a month or more. There's some at $100, 200 300 $500 a month. Some are sowing it all at one time, 1,000, 2,500, 5,000, 10,000. Let me encourage you to take a step of faith. If you've got a ministry or a small business, you're believing God for increase, sow a seed from your business. Sow a seed from your ministry. We do that all the time. Yeah. The Lord spoke to us last week to sow largely, not just from our own personal life, but even from our ministry, to sow largely into other ministries and to our church. We, we sow even from this ministry. It's important to do that. The blessing of God comes upon wherever the seed is released from. And so it's important to keep that in mind. God has a blessing uh, for you as well. Amen. Thank God. Amen, Randy. So thank you for sowing. We appreciate y'all very, very much. We love you. I'm so happy that Carolyn's coming back tomorrow to be on for part two. You're not going to want to miss it. Thank you, Kristen, for sowing a seed. We love you. Thank we you, appreciate Kristen. you. Samson Absolutely. and Zambia, love you. Um, 
you could send a check as well if you'd like to do Bonnie that. Bonnie does. Bonnie sends a check. I know she does. She gets, she, Bonnie and Daryl. She, she gets in contact with Jenna. <laughs> we appreciate Jenna you. Jenna loves you, Bonnie. She wrote me the other day how sweet you are. <laughs> and we love you, Bonnie. And listen, <laughs> people that want... <laughs> it's funny when people do that. Yeah. Just slipping that in in listen, case Jenna, Bonnie didn't know. Jenna loves you, Bonnie, Ted but we loves you. <laughs> don't really care for you that much. No. No. Uh, <laughs> But for those of you that uh, would like to uh, send a check and trust that the post office is actually going to do their job, um, you can go to our website, miracleword.com. In the footer, the very bottom of every page, there is an um, address. P.O. Box 65116, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23467. You can find it on any page of our website and mail that check. Zach, if you'd like to hand deliver. You're more than welcome You're welcome to, to do that. Um, we receive all major credit cards, gold, silver, platinum, gems, jewelry, gems. lands, properties, uh, estates. We, we accept um, cryptocurrencies, anything that you'd want to do. Stocks, options. The, the rows of the information is on the website at the bottom of every page. Yeah, if you go to miracleword.com, you'll see the P.O. Box information there. P.O. Box page. 65116. That's the same for us too, Kristen. It keeps booking a lot easier. Yeah, it sure does. I don't know the last... I don't even remember the last time I wrote a check. It's a generation thing. No, it is, but I, I'm just trying to think. <laughs> I, I think when I blessed somebody... your mom legit still uses the... The register. The register. But I think the last time I did it was when <laughs> I felt to bless somebody and you had like a ministry checkbook or something like that. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, but see, now I just make sure Cash I app. have... Yes. But I also make sure I have checks on me on purpose because now we just always we're ready to bless. Got to stay ready to bless. Got to stay ready to bless. I tell people all the time, you have cash app? No. Well, you better get it because no, people, it's awesome. When people want to feel the gift to you, then you got to let it do it immediately because well, that's the thing. If you're people get out of their flesh real fast. L let me just say this to you. Um, <laughs> love you, Carolyn. You're okay too. Uh, Asia. Love you, Thank Ashley. you, Ashley. Um, post your latitude, longitude. Think about Hold on, this. let me drop a pin real quick, Zach. Think think about this because we're all you you should be expecting, we're expecting people to bless us. And so when you're expecting people to bless you, you should have all of the options available for someone to bless you. You you know what I mean by that? You should have a Cash App account. You should have a PayPal. You should have a Venmo. You should have Apple Cash available if you have an uh, an Apple device. You should have Samsung Pay or whatever. Uh, is use Google Google Wallet or whatever they call it. You should have all that stuff set up. And if somebody is ready to bless you, look, Britt's ready. Brittany Parrish said it's at, it's it's dollar sign Britt Parrish. Exactly. You should have that available because why? The Bible says men and women will be sent to pour or sow into our bosom, Luke six thirty eight. So we should expect it and have things ready so that somebody what wants is to bless thing? me. It's B R I T. Hold on. Capital B R I T. Uh huh. Parish. P A R R I S. Wait. Yeah, no. that's right. P A R I S H. Dollar sign Brit Parish. And so it's true. You should always be, Zach said, pin receive. Always be ready to be blessed. Always be ready to be blessed. Just sent you some money, Brittany. Wow. You're a great mom. Keep up the good work. You are a great mom, Brittany. God bless you. We love you guys. Thank you for sewing. Thanks for standing with us. 
We appreciate you guys very much. We love you. Don't forget, tomorrow, we're coming back for part two of this. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.